Yes, Father God, I thank you for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and, a, and the power to receive the revelation of Jesus Christ through your Holy Spirit. We thank you that it is your truth that sets us free. And you said freedom brings righteousness, peace, and joy. We thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. We thank you for your soon return. We thank you, Lord God, that your servants will be busy doing what you said to do, waiting for you to return, and that you will find us doing what you've asked us to do, occupying until you come, our Lord God. And I thank you, Lord, for the shortening the days. You said, if I don't shorten the days, no flesh could be saved. So I thank you, Lord, that you are totally aware of what's going on against us and how the enemy is trying to swallow us up. So we give you praise for the great keeping power of your Holy Spirit and the work of the angels to de- protect us, deliver us, keep us from harm and danger and death. We thank you, Lord, for your truth that sets us free, and we thank you, Lord God, for protecting us that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, deed done, actions taken, even though we stand as targets because we speak the truth, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Now lead us, God, and help us to understand as we continue this subject of being bewitched and deceived with the counterfeits of this world, and presenting the gospel uh, under the counterfeit versions that the enemy has set up. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week we were talking about bewitched, and we talked about Galatians, and how Paul was concerned about them, you know, switching over to a gospel, or back reverting to a gospel of, of, of works and law. And so we're going to continue with that thought today, um, and, and here he's, he's telling us in second, 1 Thessalonians 5, he says to test all things, um, test all things, hold fast what is good. Um, so this is the battle to test the things, figure out what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what's counterfeit, what's not, and hold fast to what is good. And the only way we can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, because in the last days, which we're in, they will say to you, peace and safety, or they will say things like, here's how to stay safe. Here's what you need to do to keep us from becoming anxious. Then sudden destruction will come upon them and they shall not escape. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do or try to escape as others do, but let us watch and be sober so that the words that God has given us for these days are to watch, be sober, don't fall asleep, and know the truth. Testing all things. Yeah, testing all things. There's a a practice back in the day, in in the time of the writing of the New Testament, where people would make, you know, pottery, Mm-hmm. They'd, they'd make pot, you know, out of clay yes. and so mm-hmm. forth. And some of them, what they would do, some of the more unscrupulous uh, potters, if there was a certain defect in the pottery, say it was something mm-hmm. that was used, you could you could heat it and use it that way, they, they would fill in the uh, defects with wax. Oh. So it would look like, oh, it's a very solid, beautiful place, but you'd have to, if you tested it. Mm-hmm. Put it under the heat. Put it under the heat, part of it's going to melt out. Correct. And so that's part of what we need to do. Everything might look so good, but mm-hmm. let's let's test it with the Word of God. So Satan is waxing let's not take it for Let's not take things for face value, what it mm-hmm. looks like, mm-hmm. what it seems or like. Or what people say. What it feels like, what people mm-hmm. say, how popular it is. 
Uh, if it's popular, it's probably not good. Probably not from God. <laughs> so Anything that's easy. super popular quick, is very likely quick, not from God. Yeah, it's a quick test. But in the last days, perilous times will come. It says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, having a form of godliness, but denying its power from such turn away. Now, this form of godliness is it, when people are hungry for God, they want the things of God, the, the presence of God, uh, the, uh, the anointing, the will of God. They want all these things from God, and, and you've got all these counterfeit offerings that look like God, feel like li- God, sound like God, you know, make you feel like God is there in the midst of you, when it's really a counterfeit presence uh, brought on by the, the re, uh, evicted covering cherub who had that power and authority to bring that anointing and took those things with him to the earth as ways to plot against men and deceive them. A lot of these people who are hungry for God, the worst, you know, like Jesse Penn Lewis says in her book, War on the Saints in the Last Days, the people who that would be the most likely to be deceived are the people who are the most hungry for God because it's the hungry little fish that gets caught. And if you're hungry for the will of God or the miracles of God, you're much more likely to get sucked into the, the counterfeits. And not to say there aren't real because if there wouldn't be real, there wouldn't be counterfeits because counterfeits can only counterfeit a real. They can't counterfeit something that doesn't exist. So God does have miracles and, and healings and virtues like that. But the devil also has signs and lying wonders for the last days. So... And in one of the ways I believe, Jerry, that this goes forward much, much of the way Satan used the vehicle that Satan uses to promote this um, perverted gospel is through silly women. Um, in Second Timothy, believe it or not, silly women, idle women. Silly women. What's yeah. the, what's all? What's the deal with well, silly women? Silly women. Um, uh, uh, wicked, you know, seductresses, if you will. For this, it says, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women the enemy, loaded with sins, soap operas. They listen, they, they've listened to TV and the programming for years. It's been going cons- consistently into their lives. They have no other opinions or uh, um, their minds don't function. Led away by various lusts, always learning, you know, the romance novels, it's a self-help books, never and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. You say, well, I don't do that. Well, you know what? If you're not being filled with God, you're being filled with something. And so a lot of these these um, unfulfilled, unhappy, and I'm not picking on just women. This is men too. Men are super narcissistic. They're, they're more vulnerable to that, but that's not the subject for today. But, you know, the Bible says in Timothy, uh, Paul is talking about, you know, training up faithful men to carry the gospel, men and women, of course. Um, but he says in Second Timothy that there's, there's those who are set up in opposition to themselves. The old King James says that the new King James takes that out, which is, I think, a very important thing to understand is some of these newer versions that you and I think are so great are actually perversions of the gospel. I mean, because they, they take stuff out. And I'm sure that there are little things here and there, but the Lord has been faithful to keep us in the word of God. But he says in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 5 and 6 he says hold on here we are well he says you therefore verse 1 you therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in christ jesus and the things which you have heard from me among many witnesses commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also then in 24 he says and the servant of the lord must not quarrel but be gentle to all able to teach patient in humility correcting those who are in opposition to themselves in other words there's people who 
you know, don't like themselves, they're their own most enemy. And, and so they're always picking on themselves, trying to improve themselves, trying to find fault with themselves. And this is, this is a, a, a exercise in vanity because you're not, it's all about you trying to get rid of your sin, trying to be better, trying to win the race, trying to whatever, da, 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 da. And it's all about focus on you instead of what God said to do. So he says, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition to themselves, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth that they may come to their senses, in other words, their eyes and ears are open, and escape the snare of the devil or the trap or the substitute counterfeit solutions he's offering, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So this is the, the spiritual warfare in a nutshell. That's Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, 5, and 6. And so this is the battle that we're in, and um, it, it comes everywhere, all the time, every day. Well, another thing, too, he talks, Paul talks about uh, correction, um, and that the word of God is there for correction mm-hmm. and instruction and re- righteousness and so forth. Um, but, but we don't like to be corrected. Right. You know, we're, we're, we got such a, um, pride yeah. that Arrogance. we, arrogant, we, we don't like to be corrected. <clears throat> and now as you, you correct somebody, you know, they're just going to get mad at you or, or just go away. Take you to court, sue yeah, you. Take, take you to court, sue you. We don't, you know, we, we, we're so touchy that way. But, you know, the Proverbs are, are full of script, uh, verses about that a wise man receives correction. Right. That, I mean, if there's genuine correction, that you need, you need to thank God for that, not be mm-hmm. mad at the one who brings that. Right. I mean, there's people. There's people that are always trying to correct Cor- you for I something like that. There, that's there's not there's a different spirit there. Mm-hmm. People that, that are just trying to control you, trying to control mm-hmm. you, or or Make they're always they, they always got an attitude toward you like that. But but, see the but thing, genuine correction yeah. is is really if we receive that, it, it shows that we we have our hearts right. Well, I think the people who are being corrected are always. Uh, second guessing or suspicious of the motives of the one who are bringing that correction. And, you know, they were suspicious of Jesus too, when he was bringing, who do you think you are that you can forgive sins? Or who do you think you are that you can heal this person on the Sabbath and just disregard, you know, the, the hand washing rules and whatever they were always, you know, but Jesus Christ, he always kept saying, I didn't come to do my will. I come to do the Father's. It's not about me. I'm here to tell you what the Father said. Not about me. Then he didn't take it personal. It's not about me. You're not listening to the Father. I come to do the Father's will. I can of my own self do nothing. He was making a big point of this constantly because they were always suspicious of his motives. And I believe that today when you and I correct or bring correction or whatever, People can be, well, they just think they know it all. They're yeah, just, who do they think yeah. they are to talk to me like that? And so the the thing is, that's why it's difficult too, not only to, to bring correction, but to receive it because you don't know the motives. You don't know if it's they're trying to control you, manipulate you, deceive you, getting to join their church, whatever it is, I don't know. But we have to know that we as the believers, the followers, the true followers of Jesus Christ are already dead. That's a very good position to be in. You're already dead, you know, not spiritually dead, not physically dead, but you are dead to the things of the world. And therefore, it's not about you. You've already, you know, you know, surrendered to Jesus Christ. You've been born again. So that means you died. 
And so now you're living unto him. And so now we understand that this is not about me. And I don't take personal offense when people don't like me or don't believe what I'm saying. Or when I'm teaching, the, the, you know, Paul says, do I become an enemy because I tell, I tell you, you the, the truth? truth. Yeah. Absolutely you do, Paul. You know, we're going to stone you. We're going to chase you out of the city. And if we can't, we're going to cut your head off. And so that's the way that the true believe you can tell the true believers really because they're the ones who are actually being uh, they're they're picking up some of the same things that are happening to Paul. But anyway, let's do a little bit more on this impersonation thing. Yeah, you know, we're uh, sh- switching switching gears here a little bit. Yeah, there's uh, you, there's something, Marjorie, you describe uh, within us. No, within us, the battle. There's a battle going on. There's a warfare going on, and on the outside mm-hmm. in in yeah, our yeah. world. Yes. Okay. But where does it come from? It comes from the inner, inner being, inner being, mm-hmm. from the heart of man. There's this, there's, there's what, this the heart battle, is full and, of the and it speaks. spreads out, mm-hmm. and it, it defiles all of society. Mm-hmm. Satan has to begin with an agreement with us, because we are the ones with the power. He, he, yes, is the god of this world, but he gets his power and permissions from us because God gave us originally the power. So he has to pervert that which is coming from us. Our hearts are deceived deceived and desperately wicked who can know them. And so, but what Satan does, and Jesus talks about this in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and it's the the corruption of the inner man. Um, And I call it the the first person impersonator. Jesus said it this way. He said, the stronger man uh, will come to divide the house, our individual lives as as contained in our bodies and navigate navigated by our souls to plunder its contents and destroy it. Um, so when a strong man guards his house, it's kept in, in peace and its goods are in, are safe. But when a stronger man comes, he says he be he um, he takes over the house. Now, how does a stronger man get into your house? Well, he has to come. Does he come in with, with a machine gun? Not usually, because then we would defend ourselves. He has to come in subtly so that we are taken off, caught off guard, and we don't defend ourselves or think of him as an enemy. And that's exactly how Satan comes in. So he comes in uh, impersonating us to ourselves with the first person reflectives. Like, for example, uh, I am, I am. He's speaking out of your mouth, but he's putting it in your mind to speak it. And I, like, I, I need, uh, I, I'm I need, a, uh, what? I, I need a. A smoke. I need a break. I need. Mm-hmm. Um, I need another. I'm, a, hit. I'm depressed. I'm never going to make it. All these I am's, and so the impersonator. You have to realize Jesus talked who about this. Who's talking three. through you? Yeah. Who said that? Is that? Just ask yourself the question. There's two kingdoms, not three. There's not a kingdom of mental health. There's not a kingdom of accidents, assaults, and injuries that all belongs to Satan's kingdom. So who in there is that? The Holy Spirit saying, I, "I'm depressed. I'm never going to make it. I I can't do this." I'm alone. Is that the Holy Spirit? No, that's the impersonator of you who's using your voice, your mouth, your to speak back to you, to train you, program you, <clears throat> to accept the words of your own mouth, and therefore he gets the agreement. Okay, she's agreed. She's depressed. Let's bring it on, boys. She's depressed. Hit her down. You know, we do not understand the power of our words, and so people keep murmuring and giving, you know, complaining about themselves, other people giving bullets and darts to the devil to shoot back at them. And you know, basically, you have, you know, there's death and life in the power of the tongue. God created the world through words. He created us to be like Him in and according to His likeness and image. And we have power in our words, and that's what you need to realize. You know, be careful with your words and don't let, don't shoot them back at yourself. But he says, these impostors, these impersonators, he says in Timothy, again, Second Timothy um, 4.10, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 
Uh, and then he talks about Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. He says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. You also must be aware of him, for he greatly resisted our works. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. And then again, in, in the book of Acts, we were just reading this morning about Elimaeus. And um, in that particular uh, uh, encounter, um, let's just read that for a minute. It's kind of interesting. Not many people know about Elimaeus in the book of Acts, so it might be yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, it's just <clears throat> interesting of how Paul dealt with something yeah. the enemy. That well, was, it was an imposter. He was, was a, so, was, a sorcerer. So, okay, so go ahead. Paul... They're they're preaching, okay. They're preaching, uh, I believe, in you know, in Cyprus, and there was this um, sorcerer that had influence over the the, in a sense, the governor of the of the territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says um, there was a certain sorcerer uh, that they found, and this is uh, on the island of uh, Paphos to Paphos. A certain sorcerer, a false prophet. He's a sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar Jesus, which means son of Jesus, and uh, and he had influence on this governor. And but then um, the governor wanted to hear Paul the gospel from mm-hmm. Barnabas and Saul. He wanted to hear the word of God. Verse eight. But Elimas, the sorcerer. So his name is translated, and that means, Elimus, you said, means wise man. Mm -hmm. So he was considered a wise man. He was a sorcerer, considered a wise man, a false prophet, and a Jew. Mm -hmm. And he had basically a son of Jesus, Mm -hmm. withstood them. So they're they're withstanding the true gospel here. Mm -hmm. He is Mm -hmm. seeking to turn the proconsul, this is the proconsul of the island, Sergius Paulus, away from the faith. Didn't want him to hear the word of God. Didn't want him to become a believer. This is how Satan works. So Saul, who is also called Paul, the apostle, filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts 13, 9, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? He said, and now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. And it says, then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now this is a sure and interesting narrative because here we have deception, here we have Elimaeus, who's a sorcerer, doing his magic tricks, lying signs and wonders, mm-hmm. and he's and he's coming up against the truth when with Paul bringing that truth, and the guy who's listening is trying to figure out who's right, what's going on, and but Paul, it's interesting, he didn't. What did we say this morning? He didn't. He didn't coddle him. He didn't say, "Well, you know, Elimaeus, you know, everybody G- can have their own." That's okay. Beliefs. You know, I know this is where you are in your life, and. You know, and Jesus loves you, and we love you too. And I mean, he didn't approach it that way. He was very he direct. He called him out. He called him out. Called it right he out. He said, "You son it. of the devil." And then he said, "Alexander the coppersmith, Demas." He's naming these guys. He's not worried about getting sued. Paul is not worried about what's going to happen here. He is just saying, "You son of the devil." And then to, to back up his words. 
I mean, this doesn't seem very nice. It doesn't seem very Christian. He's judging him uh, and all kinds. Of, yes, he is. He's discerning that this man needs to be identified. He's not judging him. He's, he's discerning that this man needs to be identified as a liar. And so when he said, you're going to be blind, and Sergius Paulus saw that, he thought, whoa, okay, I saw the power that Elimaeus had. He was, you know, whatever he was doing. He says, but now I see that God is serious about this, and this is, you know what, we need to get back to this place where, you know, the, the Paul, obviously God was endorsing what he had just said by doing what Paul said, you're going to be blind for a while. He didn't say he was blind forever, but God backed up the words and the and the authority and the and the and the calling out of evil by giving uh, what Paul had said by causing that miraculous sudden change to come to Elimaeus so that he might hopefully be saved. Yeah. But, so the time the time will come uh, when uh, Paul said when they will not endure sound doctrine. People mm-hmm. will they will not put up with the truth. They won't want we it. don't want the truth. Mm-hmm. We won't put up with it. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and, and be yeah. turned aside to fables. Exactly. Now, if you just take an honest look at most churches today, mm-hmm. most churches, there, there's... They're, they're being turned as, perverted, being turned aside from the truth, turning sense. onto fables mm-hmm. uh, because they have itching ears. You know, what are they doing? There's a I word would, here. Um, they're heaping up for themselves, teachers, turning them away. away from the truth and being turned aside to fables. So they they said, "This is what we just tell us what we want to hear. Yeah, exactly. Tell us what will allow us to continue in our sinful ways, undisturbed." But yeah. you know, I was thinking just the other day how, you know, how much deception is in the world right now, and how thoroughly, thoroughly Satan is mixed. He did just purely deceive everybody. There's been such a mixture of truth and lie in the same vessel, and it's been so thoroughly mixed. You know, there's a lot of truth that's being told out there. There's a lot of, of opportunities, venues, tweets, Twitters, whatever they're going out there. Not all, but some are really bringing the truth. They're bringing the truth. And the others are bringing the lie. So it all melts down and, 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 and kind of equalizes and reduces to nothing. So the thing is that the Lord was showing me, there is no way, because people have lost their ability to reason. They've lost their ability to think. They don't work with logic anymore. It's all lost. There's, there's such a... Um, uh, a di- a, a di- well, I don't know if it's a word. Uh, what do they call it? Um, I call it, I call it a spirit of stupidity. Well, yeah, that that's I probably mean, madness. You know, madness, God's God yeah. said um, in Deuteronomy twenty eight and Leviticus twenty six about mm-hmm. what's going to happen if you turn away from the truth. You mm-hmm. turn away from God. One of the things that's going to come upon you is madness. And I mean, insane. just just mm-hmm. if if you honestly look at things that are going on, policies that are happening and so forth, there it, it it's just well, pure, it's pure madness. Well it's you're not like gonna be able to discern it by reasoning, by logic, because here's the problem. Well maybe that was photoshopped. Or maybe that was you know, there's so much camera tricks and so many things that can be right. done now that you can't really look at a video of any kind and, and, and <sighs> really understand it, you know, so how is God those my question was, well then how are you God going to make this, through all this sort through all this mm-hmm. and the only way it's going to have to be sorted through is with divine intervention 
you know, it's not going to be, okay, are you going to believe me? Are you going to believe me? This is reasonable. This is not. It's not going to be about us figuring it out. You're either going to know by going to the side of righteousness, you're being pulled into the side of righteousness and truth by the Spirit of God through the drawing of the Holy Spirit, or you're going to be swept away with the lies of the enemy. So it's through the revelation of Jesus Christ, which I believe is going to come through a couple of really huge divine acts. I mean, there's going to be the whole world is, is, is going to know, and there's not going to be any more discussion about what's what, and I believe this guy, and what about his, his theory, and what about his political stand? It's not going to be about that. It's going to be about knowing God, because the deceivers and, and those who subvert households and law, uh, cheat, uh, churches and teachings, things um, for dishonest gain is, we know this, but they profess to know God. It says, do not give heed to Jewish fables, commandments of men who turn from the truth. They profess to know God, but in their works, they deny him being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Jesus said, God said it four, three or four times, Jesus said in the Gospels, he's going to reveal every hidden work of darkness. It's going to be shouted from the rooftops. And it has been. We now know the, the, the deep, horrible works of darkness that are going on in the world, um, even in the deep places where we're not supposed to know anything. And he already talks about that, I think, in 70. Hold on, I'm going to just find this for you. Um, yes, in Psalm 74. Um, Look at what it says here in back in the day in David's days. Um, Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Have respect to the covenant for listen for the dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of cruelty. Mm-hmm. Oh, do not let the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise your name. The, the dark habitations of cruelty that we didn't know anything about. We now know all kinds of things about them and they are there. I mean, so God is exposing things. Now the point is, what are you going to choose to believe? Uh, are you going to be believe what you want to believe or what the Lord God says? And it says ultimately to avoid, you know, it says to avoid disputes and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. Reject a divisive man. Yes, Div- reject him. You know, Elimaeus, reject him. De- uh, De- Demas, expose them cut yourself off from them after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning and self-condemned. You can't, you can't save people. You can't talk people into things. You just have to deliver the message that you, as the servant of God, tells you to deliver and then let it go back to God because God's going to have to deal with them because they belong to him. They're his servants, Romans 14. And so, but, you know, avoid these kinds of things as much as possible. But at some, on one side, He says to avoid these disputes and contentions. On the other side, as Paul had to confront them. So what time is it? Is it time to avoid or is it time to confront? You know. And it says, and I think it's Jude, it says that you earnestly contend for the faith once delivered. So there's a a point where. We get earnest. There's a point where you're arguing and it's just not worth your while. Because because they're not listening. They won't listen to it anyway. Uh But anyway, uh, he talks about, um, I think it's Jude, earnestly contend for the faith. Yeah, here it is. It says, Beloved, uh, in Jude uh, verses 3 and 4, he says, uh, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you 
uh, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about the faith. We're talking about the truth. We're talking the about gospel the gospel of Jesus Christ. The, the body, the main core teachings of Jesus, of Jesus Christ, Christ mm-hmm. and, the, and the gospel of the kingdom. And the, yeah. For certain men have crept in unnoticed. Mm-hmm. These are creeps, right? <laughs> They've crept in. Mm-hmm. Who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our Lord, uh, our, our God, into lasci- licentiousness and deny the only sure, Lord God. God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So there are men like that that come in. Paul said, "You are your." Jesus said, "You have your father, the devil." Um, what did Paul say? You're of the devil. You are, you know. Yeah, you child, child of the devil. Yeah, and so, but we know these people are out there. Um, you don't have to follow them. You are given to, created by God, to know the truth, to walk in the truth, to be um, con- comforted by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. He says, in, in, uh, he says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions. But as for you, continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. All, you know, so we, we walk in this assurance because nothing else is sure. The only thing that is assured us is through the word of God and the spirit of God rightly divided. And says all because he says all scripture is given by God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped to every good work. So we don't get saved by good works, but out of our salvation comes the good works. Does that make sense? Yeah, the scripture. So it says in Titus three three, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. So this is this is a, a former lifestyle uh, that we've all had. So there has to be... A turning Murphy, away. There has to be a revelation. Of Jesus Christ. A revelation that brings about repentance where you wake up mm-hmm. and you say, oh my, I see mm-hmm. where I've missed it. Mm-hmm. I see there's this God, the Savior that loves me. I want this. I now turn from my sin. I turn to you, Jesus, mm-hmm. and I'm going to follow you by your grace. Yes, uh, and another the rest thing, of my days. Yes, and another thing the Lord was showing me that has to do with this too is, just recently, is that we know the story of Pharaoh. His heart got harder and harder. The oppression got worse and worse. The pressure on the children of Israel got more and more intense to the point where they were turning against Moses. Uh, and said, why don't you just get out of here because we had it better before you showed up. Moses says, no, 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 I got freedom for you. And they, so the pressure was so bad that there was nothing. Pharaoh cut them off, said, we're done with you. Nothing more that Moses could do. Um, so then God said to Moses, okay, here's what you do. You, you know, sacrifice the lamb, put the blood on the doorpost and lentils, and then I'm going to lead you out. But the thing is, God got them to the place where, yeah, all that's, interesting and yeah yeah that could have been whatever the death angel didn't get to us yeah yeah but when they get to the red sea and there is a parting of the red sea the only reason god could do that or had to do that was because pharaoh's heart was so hard and that's why we where we are in the world today the wicked are so wicked 
Their hearts are so hard. There's no reasoning with them. There's no hope for a legislative miracle, no, no election, no man, no nothing, nothing that will put the brakes on this thing. Because why? Because it's, 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 it's going forward in a place that will allow God to absolutely intervene with no questions asked. This is God. There won't be any more pharaohs to stand against him. And so we're going to see God in the, in the next interim. I don't know how long he is going to come forward. He is right now. He's doing his miracles tiny and behind the scenes and helping you and saving you from death and destruction. But there will be a time where no, the revelation is going to have to come from God. It's not going to come through a man's intervention or, or our policies changed or anything. It is going to come from God. So when that happens, you will know there is a God among us. And at that point, let the fear of God draw you into the love of God. Um, it says, but when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior towards men, appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of the water and regeneration of the Holy Spirit, justified by his grace, that we come into this place where we're um, set free. We're set free. So when that happens, if you're not in with God and you don't then make a verbal with your mouth, confession, admit you're wrong, surrender to him, cry out to Jesus for salvation, and look for heaven. Father, we thank you for this um, uh, admonition, this strong warning. We ask you and thank you for the time that we're living in right now, that you protect your people, that you said if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. And we see some of the very elect being very deceived right now, and they're not willing to back it up. But, she, but Father God, you know the truth. And you know about us, you know about the devil, you know what's going on. So we pray for your mercy. We pray for your kindness, that the love of God will secure the people who are being afraid, that they will no longer live in fear, but they'll live in the knowing of the love and the protection, the deliverance of God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord, I thank you, Lord. Your truth sets us free. And I just pray that you'd open our eyes wide, that we would not just put up with deceptions in our lives, so we wouldn't put up with it in, in, in churches and from teachers, Lord, that we will recognize what is true and we will recognize what is false, that we won't just go along with the spirit of the age and even going along with those who claim to be uh, ministers of the gospel of Christ that are, are really way off. Mm-hmm. Lord, and, and, you know, so help us not to go along, but not be swept away by personalities and uh, videos and, you know, appearances of success and spirituality that we want, mm-hmm. God, that we will just be, not be so foolish, but that we will just, our eyes would be open to see who you are and what's really going on, and that we would not be led away, like uh, I think it was Paul said, with the error of the wicked in these times, but that we will just truly walk and live in your spirit, discerning what's going on and moving with you uh, as your kingdom advances on the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, we just we encourage you guys, check out liferecovery.com. And so today we're asking you to look at the paradigm of spiritual warfare, which is a downloadable CD, MP3, um, a paradigm. It tells you about the the, the behind the scenes, the rules of the game, the rules of engagement in this battle, the spiritual war, and also preparing for battle, which is a two-disc set or whatever 
on how to prepare for your day to protect yourself from the um, the onslaught of evil. And so again, the paradigm of spiritual warfare and preparing for battle. God bless you. Talk to you soon. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.